Everybody wants to be successful, and yet we all have different ideas of what that is. Finding success is the journey we embark upon to go and get what's ours. We are willing to travel down within to find our greatness buried deep inside of us. Questioning society's views and flipping the script, putting our own stamp on life. We're here because our future is within our control. Finding success is how we grab hold of what is possible. The relentless pursuit of success starts here. We are finding success and we're here to help break that monotony of your life and help you find your own version of success. Welcome back to another episode, guys, with me, Alex. And me, Adam. And also, dun, dun, dun. we have a special guest today. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Jack. So Jack is going to be... Uh, this is, By the way, guys, this is Jack's first time behind a mic, so it's a bit... It'll be like and, us when we started. Yeah, yeah go yeah, back yeah. to episode one if you want to give it a listen Hear so that, you can kind of uh, compare uh, how, we, uh, how we were. Yeah. Um, Jack, yes. let's go... We'll, we'll just take it nice and easy. Wait, we're gonna, we've, got to, we've got to tell about the special episode. We're interviewing... This. Karen. This is obviously a special episode because there's obviously another person here anyway. Yeah, but um, yeah. if you're listening, we have Jack here. Jack is uh, one of the people that we've known for quite a long time. Um, we're going to talk about his journey in multiple ways, um, starting from, I think, his unbelievable weight loss journey that he's done, mm. um, and uh, in, into his career progression as well. Um, Love that. And sort of mindset into changing the way that you want to be and how you want to be. But before we get into it, how was your week, Barson? Uh, struggled this week. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but <clears throat> didn't do as well as previous weeks. Not that I've lost... It's not a terrible week. It's still better than last year, you know. I'm still smashing it. But this week wasn't quite as good. But that's all right. I can. I've learned from it. Gone through our accountability. Cool. Found the weak points. Gonna nail it this oh, week. Great. So it's, it's a little dip before you know climb. You know. What about yourself? Yeah, I'm the same, mate. Uh, exactly the same way. You know. We find those accountability bits. You know, for instance, I struggled a bit with journaling this week. Yeah. Um, so I know that I can. I fail with my journaling because I can see it on the on the it's on not the, the sheet. Yeah. So. yeah. We're just going to upgrade and push forward. That's Real simple. Exactly. Real simple. Grow from here. So, Jack, why don't you uh, introduce yourself a little bit? Um, give us your name. I know you're about. What do you do? My name's Jack. I am a mechanic. Nice. And I like doing my cycling and bits and bobs and trying to keep fit and healthy and progress myself and progress what I am as a person, basically. We're going to go into your... Well, I like... When we have guests on. This is the first guest, by the way. But... Well, second guess, actually. Yeah. But we like going into their childhood first. That's childhood one of the main things that we, we find because, as we said two, three episodes ago, speaking about Ray Dalio's childhood Absolutely. and Matt's and Warren's, um, there's always a definitive factor. So I want to go into your childhood first. So yeah. go right back to your earliest memory. Where did you grow up? What did you do as a kid? Yeah, grew up in a little village just outside Leicester called Rothley. Um yeah, we just, I mean, I'd say I had a pretty good childhood, to be fair. You nice. Know, I um, always sort of, my mum and dad always worked and looked after us. Um, got a younger brother who's two years younger than me. Okay. So, I mean, we have a good bond. We still do. We get on really well. We still speak to each other. So, you know, it's it's nice to have that family connection and sort of help each other out when we need it. Um, but, I mean, I was always quite, uh, I mean, I would say active. run having a bit of fun you know stay out too late and you know you're walkie talking you sit there and you want to go oh dinner's ready you're like oh all right 
You had a walkie-talkie? Yeah, right? yeah. Our whole block had walkie-talkies. Game changer. They all had walkie-talkies and all of a sudden you'd be scooting along and it'd come out your pocket and it's like, oh, that's that smash smithereens. So I don't know how <laughs> mum wants me to come back. Um, but yeah, I'd say, I mean, yeah, I'd say I had quite a good childhood to be fair and yeah, I wouldn't say it was a, a bad one at all. So Excellent. Yeah. All right, and what about um, things you'd done as a kid? Because also we know you were into heavily into motorsport as from a young age, you sort of got into it. Yeah, what did you sort of start off with? Well, <clears throat> it's kind of like my dad's fault, really. Um, so he was always into his bikes and his cars and everything else, uh, racing. So I think, you know, he got me going on, on like bikes. We watched MotoGP, we went up to Donington and watched MotoGP when it was there instead of Silverstone um, and all that sort of stuff. Um, I started watching Formula One, I think, in 2007 and bits and bobs like that and started growing into it. Massive Ferrari fan back in the day, not so much now. Good. Um, and, you know, it's it sort of grew from there, really. It was just, as a kid, I sort of always enjoyed being hands-on. Like, you know, in the classroom, it was more, if I could actually touch and physically do something or build something or play with something whilst learning about it, it would go in easier than just looking at a book and reading it, if that makes sense. I think a lot of people are built like that nowadays, you know, where, mm. uh, okay, it's maybe changed for recent generation, but, I mean, certainly with our generation, we yeah. were more definitely, like, if you could smell, touch, feel, and hear stuff, it always went a lot easier yeah. than what it would for writing down a piece of paper. Absolutely. I don't no, know. 100%. So there was all that sort of stuff. And I just always loved playing around with bits like I'd always get in trouble, kind of, because I'd always be taking the lawnmower apart or something like that. <coughs> it wouldn't work. And Jack, then, why does this yeah, lawnmower not work? Yeah, it was, it was a, bit of a bit of a problem at that point. But no, I was always, I was always quite hands-on and stuff like that. So... It was just something I enjoyed doing. Yeah, mega. And what about, so obviously you spoke about a little bit into like taking stuff apart. Yeah. Obviously, we'll, that's what we'll go into your role currently um, later. But why do you think that was? Where did it come from? Was it like a dad thing? Was it a granddad thing? Was it a parent uh, thing? You know, where did it come from? I mean, it could also, I mean. Just I your curiousness I my, or? I blame my dad a, a bit, but I mean, I suppose my great, what would it be? My great granddad, Okay, I believe it was. Um so he was actually a mechanic in the RAF back in, I think it was World War II. I might have butchered it. Back in there. And then he used to do all the flights. So like he'd repair things like Spitfires and stuff, but then fly them to bases from the repair shop from where they needed to be and stuff. And he was always into his cars and bits. And I mean, I he went at a young age, so I didn't really meet him much or I can't really remember a lot of it. But from what my family have said about him, it's like I'm just like a younger version of him effectively. So Okay. I mean, yeah, my dad always was influenced and was like, oh, yeah, just take it apart and have a look at it. And, it's like, oh, and then I'll be like, oh, dad, yeah, it's apart now and uh, you're going to have to do some fixing. <laughs> I don't know, know what I'm doing now. <laughs> but no, it was, it was sort of, as I say, it was a bit curious because obviously I was always interested on how, I still find it interesting now how things work, how things go, you know, from everything from planes down to boats down to cars to everything so it's always interesting like when i find something out new i like yeah seeing, nice. and especially like when you can sit and touch him you know build things and see oh that's how it goes that's where it goes and yeah. oh, that's how it works kind of thing and i kind of feel like it's made me a little bit more of who i am today of just going and going yeah okay i'll have a go and taking it apart and seeing what happens and trialing it I go guess. from there yeah nice. oh, exactly Exactly. And what about your uh, your teen era then? Like, we'll go from like your teens. Like, what? How was your like? What did you do growing up as a teenager? Obviously, like, were you out with friends quite a lot? Or, you know, what, what was it sort of? So my teens were 
it was a bit of a weird sort of phase really because i mean yeah i went out with my friends quite a bit um we just go out uh i don't remember, yeah just dosed about really yeah yeah um but also i did quite a bit of carting and bits and bobs so that obviously took up quite a lot of time um which my dad got me into again so we were away two or three weekends of the month <coughs> doing some racing and stuff um which obviously took up a lot of time i didn't really have a lot of friendship kind of time if you like apart from in the evenings but in the evenings when we did we went out on bikes and just did kid things really go playing on the dirt jumps and breaking things as and you do the rest of it yeah yeah, no, yeah. so and so where did the first i know where did the this is gonna sound a bit horrible where did you first realize that you were sort of overweight i mean i always realized it okay i mean it's sort of one of them tough ones because as a kid i was never i was big but i was never like we didn't eat bad as a household it was always like we had good healthy meals like we weren't just fed like potato waffles and chicken nuggets like best meal ever. i know it's been, <laughs> it is now but you know it wasn't like the standard like are oh, you having whatever they're called tiny tur- turkey dis- tizzlers Tw- turkey twist yeah, you know so I mean? like, it wasn't, it wasn't like that and like potato pockets whatever they were pizza pockets and all that we, we were having stuff like spaghetti lasagna you know actual good sort of meals that were made out of actual nice, ingredients yeah, yeah actual nice foods Food. and stuff. Mm. yeah um so I sort of did all that and it was sort of in the carting phases really because that's I mean, it was kind of a bribe at the start for my dad which was like oh, if you you know you want to lose some weight if you lose some weight we can go carting because obviously you need to be a bit lighter to go carting I was like mint like it was sort of a bribery so I started trying and we went carting and I actually got down on my weight but then it was unfortunate it was when I started I say it's unfortunate it's sort of an excuse I suppose because I should have kept going but when I went away with work and stuff especially once I moved up to higher levels of what I was doing it sort of all came back on again in yeah. a way. And it got to a point where it was just, no, I can't physically. I mean, it was lockdown where I physically went, no, this is it. Like I can't, because I was sort of happy at happy medium where it was like, where I went down to my like lowest of the time, I was happy there. And then I'd go away racing and come back a little bit heavier and then managed to get back down to that. But because of COVID and lockdown and the trip we'd just come back from where the food we were eating was horrendous. Mm. It was like, this is like, if I keep going, I'm, I'm brown bread. I'm yeah, done. Yeah. Like, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm physically going to be like useless. Yeah, I'm yeah, not going to yeah. be able to do things, and I'm just going to end up getting in a really bad state. So, when did you start going away with work? <clears throat> 2016, I think, was my first away trip. With so work. you were 16 years old. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, first trip away. Obviously, because that, like, again, it was to look back at pictures. I mean, I, I'm the same. Like. Initially, when obviously you go away, you start having alcohol, yeah. you start eating food that necessarily wasn't readily available for you at the time yeah. when you were living with your parents. And you then you have money to spend on food, on alcohol, and it's just like, yeah. this is where all the weight comes slope, from. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, exactly. It's quite, it's quite an easy trap to fall into. And I think even today, with the time now where, again, obviously, you know, in current market conditions where stuff is quite expensive, food's quite expensive, mm-hmm. yeah. and processed stuff isn't expensive at all. You know, you can get, you know, chicken nuggets for really, really cheap that mm-hmm. aren't not, not good for you at all. But you can also get frozen peas and frozen carrots that are actually not yeah. bad for you, you know? <clears throat> I mean, the other day, I, I shop at, now I shop at Costco. And just to get frozen chicken, you get two and a half kilos of frozen chicken for 15 quid. It's not bad at all. Two and a half kilos, lovely yeah. job. Yeah. Exactly. And it's Breasts or? Breasts, yeah. Wow. So it's, it's straight out of the freezer. You pull it out, you defrost it, and then you yeah. just you cook away. And it, you know, rice and peas or whatever, and you're fine. You're done. Lovely job. So yeah, it's really yeah, helpful for you. And at the same time, because it's <clears throat> convenient, it's convenience food. It's, what is it we spoke about? 
instant gratification almost. That's it. Mm. Yeah. This is. I think this is where you get. It's two different sides of the the argument in there. So. Healthy food is quite healthy, uh, mm. cheap. Bananas, yeah. all that, yeah. peas, sweet corn, broccoli. It's the meat that's quite expensive. Yeah. But also, you have to do a lot more work. Like you have to. Yeah, you have to cut uh, it and clean yeah, it. Yeah, cut, clean, skin your carrots, skin your yeah. potatoes, yeah. Do the, peel them. Sorry. Preparation. Preparation. Whereas the cheap, the similarly cheap or maybe slightly more expensive frozen nuggets, turkey twizzlers, chicken dippers, beans, and just ready to go. Microwave jobby, yeah. oven jobby. You can put that on while you're watching TV, carry on enjoying yourself, sat down on your ass. Yeah, after you've had a hard day at work. Yeah. yeah. And it's that's I think that's it's just two thoughts. It's the hard route for an easy life or the easy route for a harder life. And yeah. everyone it's it's just the instant gratification. Yeah. Easy route, turn the oven on, done, done. Yeah. It's quite a good uh, well, just bring it out while you're on the, the easy life thing. I uh, I was chatting to one of the guys from judo yesterday and he was saying that um we're at a phase where as a generation we're quite hard on ourselves. So when we first sort of came around as the human race came around, it was obviously hard life. I'm oh, sorry, hard men, an easy life because obviously we're cavemen, yeah, cavewomen, yeah. you know, we're out there struggling, hunting for our food, trying to live, starting fires and stuff. But our life was easy. It was, it was, you know, everything else to live was very, very Simple. easy. Simple. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now we're at the stage where we choose, we're, we're very easy as people. It's an easy we, life We like things to be easy. Gratification is it's there, it's done, it's ready. We can go to Mackey's and get the food. We can go to Costa and get the coffee. We don't have to hunt for it. We don't have to prepare it. And that is creating, as you said, a hard life. It's making ourselves, you know, the, the situations that we get put in, for instance, um, recessions and, and so on and so forth, we're making ourselves susceptible to... Well, exposing ourselves there to collapse exactly. and, and all sorts of other issues that are going on in the world. And <clears throat> yeah, it's because we're not taking the hard choices every day Yeah, that we're going down that route. And it's just that circle, whereas we're in this stage we need to get out of it. Yeah, You know, you can get out of it as a, as a person yourself. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But you're saying as a generation. As a generation as yeah, well, I we, think. We're soft. Yeah. It's right that now. snowflake generation. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely. dangerous, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and this is where, so as you said, you know, when you first realized that this is it, I've had enough, was COVID? Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was COVID. Like, it was like, like within the first weeks, we just got into lockdown. We just sort of like been made redundant from work and everything like that. And it was just like, at first, it was like, oh, yeah, nice. A little bit of holiday, like, you know, a bit of a free holiday. See yeah, what happens. Yeah. Like, I'm fine. Everyone I know is fine. So, see what happens. Obviously, I know it's not the right attitude because obviously it was quite a dangerous and bad thing. But at the time, not knowing much about it, it was a bit like, oh, okay, we'll just see what happens then. And, and I, I, was, I remember I remember seeing you, like, just after, before we left. And again, you were your, no offense to you, your, your chubby self. You yeah. were always a chubby guy. Yeah. And then when you came back, it was the end of 2020. Yeah. And I looked at you like, play stink man. <laughs> no, no, I'm not no, even kidding. Um, so just talk about what you'd done over the COVID period because obviously people like, I mean, I, I know I put on a bit of weight. I wasn't a lot of weight, but I put on a bit. I was working out still, doing a lot of works and cycling and stuff, but I think you took it to a whole new level. Yeah, so what, what was your regime? What did, what did you get up to? I mean, I'd say it was quite unhealthy to be fair. Okay. I don't think I did it in a healthy manner. And so I, as I say, I didn't really necessarily bad when I was still going if that makes sense like before covid time again it was still like i was eating normal meals normal sort of sizes it was just more the amounts of maybe sweets and chocolates that i was probably having um so i just sort of cut it all out and went no so i'd have like for breakfast i'd literally just have a cereal bar lunch i'd literally just have a can of soup or my mum was started making like making homemade soups and i started making some soups myself and stuff um and then just an eat just a general evening meal like that'd be like burgers or spaghetti or just the same as i was sort of already having but like if we had burgers i'd cut like instead of having like 
two burgers and two cobs and that's it. Because we wouldn't have chips with it in our house. I'd we just have like a burger. Yeah. So I'd normally just have two, but I'd then cut down and go, well, I'll have two patties, but one cob if that, or whatever yeah, you yeah. want to call it down there, because you're Southerners, aren't you? Are you talking about a sweet corn? Are we talking about... No, that? no, not... No, a roll. A cob. The bread. A bomb cake. Cob. Whatever you want to go for. cob. Yeah. Have you heard of that before? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were talking about sweet <laughs> no, corn on the cob. Northerners. No, <laughs> I was like, yeah. it's burger and sweet corn, that's normal. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah. No, so yeah, obviously one, whatever you want to call it, roll. I was like, I should probably just cut it back and have one. Or like, if I had spaghetti, I'd <clears> cut like the pasta and just have the meat and yeah. like try and just cut carbs and bits that I didn't feel necessarily like that I needed. Um, and also, I mean, I wasn't doing a lot of COVID time. Um, so I was like, well, I don't really need to intake like 2,500 calories or whatever because I'm not yeah. burning 2,500 calories. So I sort of started with that and then I was getting bored and I was like, what can I do to physically go and do something outside the house? And I mean, since, like, I mean, obviously I started karting, I've always loved speed and adrenaline and bits and bobs like that. So I was like, I'll just get the bike out, you know, it's go and do what I do. And I was, I think I went the first day, I think I was out for about four and a half hours just pedaling around. And I was just like, this is actually quite fun. This is a road bike or a mountain bike? Mountain bike. Okay. Oh, uh, this is actually quite fun, you know, like I can get behind this. And it actually gave us some excuses, as bad as it sounds, to like get my mates out and we'd go out as like a group on our bikes. So obviously it was like, oh, well, we're, we're not together. We don't know each other, but we're going to ride around together kind of thing. Yeah. And we'd go to the dirt jumps and do that and all that. Um, and then eventually, I, I mean, I think it was my nan actually, because she started doing some. I can't remember if it was walk for Alzheimer's or something. Okay. And she was tracking it on Strava and she was like, oh, can you get Strava and like, just have a look at it for like, just have a look at me and like, see what I'm doing and all that. And just like, you know, like every now and again, give me some support and all that. I was like, yeah, yeah, no worries. So I got Strava. This is your nan, by the way. Yeah. How old's your nan? That makes me sound really bad because I have no clue. I think she's pushing like 75 maybe. And she's on Strava, like banging out walks. Yeah, probably like four, five, six miles. Her and my granddad play golf four or five times a week maybe. So they're doing the golf course as well that too many times a week. And they're, Have a job. they're still going around, but... Uh, so can, sorry, before you carry on, don't forget where you are because it's really important. But we spoke about it the other week. We spoke about when you stop moving, you're ready to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when, when you're that age, you know, 70, 80, and you just, you quit at life. Yeah. You think that you've <clears> retired <throat> now, life's over, you've got nothing to live for. You just shrivel up and die. This is the prime example of that not happening. How not to do it, yeah. Getting yeah. out, going for a five-mile run, go playing golf, you know, going doing stuff, do physical stuff that just gets you up and out of that chair is so important so to important. people. And we, we, all know, we all know people's situations are different and necessarily some people might not be able to go to a drive to a golf course or afford to play golf. But even so, you can just get out of that chair. Go, and for, go a for a walk in a meadow. You yep. can put any pair of shoes on. It doesn't matter what they are. It can be slippers if you want to. And... Just get out and walk. Yeah. Just do a K, then do a K and a half. I mean, there was a, I was watching um, Zac Efron's uh, program on Netflix recently. Zac Efron? Yeah, he has a really, um, like, a vegan, uh, like, life world program. Really, really smart. Talks about how to sort of improve your life. Like, almost grounding yourself to the earth so you can understand and feel things. And, and yeah. Anyway, right. really good episode. But he met a guy. He went to uh, a place in Italy, and it was the oldest place full of centurions in the world which is people that are over 100. Oh. This, this place is in the, wow. in the world has created more people out of everywhere else, uh, people that are over 100 years old. And he met this guy who was 108 years old and he was doing 4.5K a day, just walking up and down the stairs and he would walk around his town and his town was not hilly. It was not flat. It was steep. It had hills, it had steps. And his one of his final walks was like 110 stairs up to his house. And he'd do this every single day. Oh, the bloke was like 108. Yeah. So, walking you know, like just certain things like that. Mm. 
108 years old, we just get out and go. <clears throat> yeah, the blood. I think it's the blood flow around the body. You get it pumping around, your heart going. It's a muscle. You got to you got to exercise you've it. Work People it, yeah. forget that. They think it's yeah. just going to keep going, but it's a muscle. You've got to exercise. There's um, there's a museum in Amsterdam. I, can't, I think it was called now, but they've got two different hearts. One from an athlete who's like worked it ridiculous hard all his life, and then a mother that's not actually done anything in her life. And the size difference is ridiculous. Yeah. Like your yeah. heart physically can grow and get more powerful and more like just have more energy about it. Yeah. If you if you use it, so it's that, it's that old saying, you, know, you don't use it, you lose it, sort of thing. And and the reason with Christmas, you know, when we've had a week off, two <clears> weeks off, how fat, useless, and ugly do we feel? And stiff. About and at our age, you get a bit stiff, and you and you, your feet yeah. hurt after the first day. Like, oh, they're not used to being like. I remember coming back from COVID. I had three months off, furloughed. Yeah. The first week back, my feet were in so much pain because I hadn't been on my feet for eight hours solid a day. Yeah. yeah like yeah. all the, for three months, so they forgot how to be on my feet. And imagine if you're doing that at 60, 70 years old. It's gonna be. 10 times the, Twi- the pain, yeah, you know? Exactly. And then you get into that level, you're, oh, hang on, my feet hurt, so I can't do anything tomorrow. So you're going to be on your feet all day, and it's just snowballs. Exactly. Like, just get out of the yeah. yeah, yeah, carry on, sorry, mate. Yeah. So, yeah, That's right, no, no. So, yeah, so obviously she was, I say, knocking about on Strava, doing all these walks and stuff, and I was like, oh, fair enough. Because well, I got it, I noticed, like, you know, you could track your activity on it. Yeah, nice. So I was like, oh, I can track my walking, I can track my cycling, I'll see what I can do. So I started tracking it because I was just like sort of going what I thought was quite a distance. I was like, oh, I've done quite a big ride. And I was sort of like went on it with Strava and I was like, ah, oh, that's not very far at all compared to what I thought it was. So I was like, all right, well, if I go to here and back, that's like five miles, so it's a 10 mile round ride. So I started off by just doing little bits or going around my normal route that I sort of knew or going off to see different things that I knew were there, but I'd never really been because I couldn't get there in the car and all that. I think I started out at like, must have been doing seven or eight miles. I thought it was like pretty good. I was like, this is pretty good going like seven, eight miles on the bike every day. I was like, yeah, I can do this. I can get behind this, which I mean, for some people, yes, it is good. Like it's a good amount of doing. Um, But then, yeah, I started pushing it a little bit further. And I was like, oh, well, what if I do up to here and round again? And starting just pushing that little bit further and a little bit further until the end. I think towards the end of lockdown, before I went back to work, I think I was pushing like 28, 30 miles on the mountain bike. I just go everywhere. I mean, there was one point where I nearly drowned myself in a canal because I was on like a towpath and I was going for it because I was like, this is good. And I always used to stop at this lock and I'd like, it was literally like the lock was like maybe two, three minutes further like to get to my house. So it was like, I'd stop there. I'd done 28 miles and it'd be like the last mile to my house, but I'd stop there because it was like, very nice, lockdown was nice. So it was like beautiful, Mm -hmm. warm, sunny. I'd stop there, drink my water relax play it was a nice ride and then just crack on for the last like mile just gently cool down i was coming around this towpath i was flying and then all of a sudden it was like there was just this massive thorn bramble bush that came across it just wrapped itself across my face and obviously the bike went that way and i was like i just went nah i'm gonna go that way because that was the bush and it was just like my face was just like bleeding massively it was all gashed up and i was like if I'd have gone like that way, I'd have been in the canal and like, God knows what would have happened at that point. <laughs> I was like, this is horrendous. Where'd your bike go in the canal? No, I was holding onto it. Okay. It was, in, right. it was, but I was holding onto it. So I was sort of like lying on the floor, holding onto my bike that way. And I was sort of like spaced out, lying on the floor, <laughs> looking up and I was like, oh my God, I hope no one saw that. <laughs> uh, the bike lived on. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. Well, that bike did live on just about. It's still living on just about now, but it is in the end of its days, I think, but... So then, so sort of, how long did you go into that that course of, right, I'm going to ride, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that? So sort of how long did you realise that you fell into love of the of cycling bug, if you know what I mean? Not very long, really, because I, 
I mean, again, cycling stuff, one of them things I was always, I used to bike to school as well. Okay, yeah. And that was, I mean, my primary school was like, I mean, obviously when you're in primary school, you're like six years old, aren't you? So when you say like two miles, that's quite a long way for a six-year-old <laughs> to be biking to school. But again, it was like sort of thing like, you know, I always used to like bike to school. And even when we went secondary school, like I'd bike and that was like a six-mile round trip to school and back. So I'd always like meet my friends on the way and we'd bike together and back again. So I sort of always had the love for it, but I just never really thought I had the time for it. So I would never do it because it's always quite, you know, if you're going out on a bike and doing two hours, it's quite time consuming. Yeah, absolutely. So I was like, I'll just leave it. And, you know, it wasn't, it didn't take long. So I was like, this is actually quite good because I can actually get my thrill for speed and adrenaline if I do downhill riding whilst benefiting myself yeah. and getting fit and everything else. So I was like, and I mean, it, I say it costs less, but when you've got the bike and the equipment, you sort of sorted like with cars do that and feed that bug. It's like, you know, you need the transport to get to the car, to the circuit. They need to pay for the track car. They need to pay for this, the fuel, the tires. And then all of a sudden you've done the day and then the car shat <coughs> itself. And then it's like, oh, now you need the car rebuild. And then it's like, last time I went out, my motor went and it's like, now I need an engine rebuild, but I also need an axle bearings. This, that, and the other. And it's like a two grand worth of bill. And I'm like, I can't physically just, I mean, no, I, need to, I need to do it. Some cycling point, is hands down cheaper than yeah. karting. Like, Absolutely. At yeah. the minute, yeah. And if it still gives you that little bit of a rush of the speed and the adrenaline. Well, yeah, exactly. And it's, if you're with the boys, you have a bit of a race every now and then. Exactly, you know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's It's wicked. Yeah. It is wicked. It is good. So <clears> that's sort of, yeah, it was quite a young age, I'd say. I sparked with spot cycling, but it was only lockdown really that it sort of kicked off and went big. Okay. And what, so obviously you went <clears throat> You went from, uh, my, my mic stands running away from me. You went from a, a, a road bike. When did you purchase the... No, uh, the way around. Come on. Oh, sorry, you went from a mountain, mountain bike, bike to a road bike. When did bike. you purchase the road bike? I actually Sorry. purchased the road bike after lockdown because um, coming out of lockdown, obviously we all got furloughed because COVID happened and we couldn't go racing doing what we do. Um, and because of the programs I was on at the time, they couldn't facilitate to actually keep us all on where we were working. Okay. So we all got made redundant and I just went out contracting. I think I was doing like 30 day months of just pushing work out. Like I'd come back, be back for like a day at home, just change bags and go to like the next circuit and do another weekend's work and, I actually built up quite a bit of money, which is, and again, it's not the best thing to do. That's why I've got the car I've got now, because obviously I did well in that period of time. And I was sort of looking, I was like, oh, I really want to get like a road bike. So I was like talking to people and they were like, oh, well, you will notice a difference between the mountain bike and the road bike. So obviously it's got skinnier tires, less drag, less this, more aerodynamic um, and everything else. So I was like, yeah, I would like to have a go on it. So I was like, I'm an R in. And eventually I went to a bike shop and obviously because it was COVID and everyone was getting into cycling, there was this cycle to work scheme and everything else. Bikes were hard to come by. Like yeah. unless you want to pay seven grand for a bike because no one's paying seven grand for a bike. They were the only ones in stock. Or the bikes that were either like made for the BFG or small people. So there was this one bike which I've got now and I went there. I was like, this is what I'm looking at. They're like, oh, we've just literally built this one. It came in this morning and it's built just and it's your size. I was like, yeah, okay, I know I'm having it. Nice. I was like, I was, I was sort of be like, oh, that's quite a bit of money on a bike in it. But then I was like, <laughs> at the end of the day, I was like, I was looking secondhand and new market, and I was like, it's in front of me. If I keep putting it off, I'm not going to make the purchase yeah. to actually have it. So I was like, I'll just make the purchase and deal with the loss of money and resave it. So that's sort of yeah, it was sort of end of COVID. I think I've had the bike now a year and a half. Okay, nice. 
So it's quite funny. So like you've you've done the, the recently you've bought a bike, haven't you? I have, yeah. And uh, people look at it in two different ways. You have some people that aren't interested in the sport or aren't interested in getting healthy, and they go, "Wow, that's a lot of money." Then you have the person that is involved in the situation, and then you listen to the backstory. It's actually an investment in themselves. For you, it was an investment in weight loss. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It was an investment in getting where you wanted to be. And it's the same with you. If, you, you, want, if you want to get better at cycling, you get a better bike. Yeah. It's, if you want to do something and get out on the road and enjoy cycling, then you go and get a better bike. It's mm. just your hobby. It's what's going to improve your life. So you go and do it. Yeah. Whereas, you know, we should all be looking at saving money. Yes, correctly. But at the same time, there's no point saving money if we've got nothing to work towards and to spend it on. It's bold. Yeah. We still need to live our lives. And I think that's what people like misunderstand us occasionally. We're so tight. We are quite strict with money, aren't we? Yeah. But at the same time, we want to enjoy ourselves. So the bike for me is one, a fitness and health thing. It's going to help me out massively. But also two, it's a social thing. We're going to go out for bike rides. Yep. You cycle however many miles, have a coffee and then cycle back all the have way back. Have a coffee. Have a beer. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that. Don't say that. Not, not a beer and a pint. You know, Jesus. Going to be healthy. Five and riding. But, yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's the social side of it. And we have a yeah. laugh with it. And, and a big group of you, four or five lads, going for a bike ride, you, you're knocking two, it's two birds with one stone. You do it Saturday morning. You've nailed the day. It's, it's just a wicked, it's just, if, if it's something you want to do, you should do it. That, that's that money's not wasted. It's no. not wasted money if you're buying a bike. But it's also the things you see along the way. Like some of the, like last, uh, the summer just gone. So I was going out doing massive miles like in the evenings. And I think I probably did too many, not too many miles, but didn't give myself enough recovery time. But like riding around here, sunset in the summer, some of the scenes and sunsets and views I saw across fields and all the rest of it, it's mega. Yeah. You wouldn't see it from it's your like you wouldn't, Yeah. You wouldn't yeah. see it from sitting on the sofa yeah. playing Call of Duty or watching YouTube. Like yeah. I was like, well, I've got some photos of it and I was like, these are like some seriously nice views that I'm seeing it. Like whilst benefiting myself and it's just yeah so on the final then of uh before i let butson take over on the work such money side of things um what was your total weight loss do you know 25 kilos so 25 kilos in how long roughly <laughs> a lockdown yeah two yeah. months two and a half months i went <laughs> i came back so the last trip i did was to asia and i came back from that way in a hundred and within the first week of lockdown i was up to 104 and I went, no, that's it. Because if I keep going, it was like four kilos a week. So if I was off for like two months, that's going to be, yeah, it's going to keep going. Weight. Yeah. Um, and again, it was the same sort of thing. I was just eating for the sake of eating because I was bored, yeah. which I do. I still do now and I hate doing it, but I do it because it's just what I do. Um, and yeah, I went to the first race, I think, and I was down at 78 kilos when I went back. And I mean, I fluctuate now, but nowhere near to the extent that I was at before. Like, and I can kind of, I kind of now know what I got, what I've got to do to get back down. But I also know what I've kind of got two weights. I kind of got like a winter weight and a summer weight. It's really difficult. It's kind of difficult because it's like, no matter what I seem to do currently, it doesn't shift and it sort of stays and hangs about and it won't drop below 80. But as soon as summer comes, I mean, obviously I'm less active now because I was doing 45 miles on a bike every night. And yeah eating nothing which again isn't healthy whereas now i'm trying to eat more to give myself some more energy and actually eat like you probably should and still do an exercise you know i still do like 45 50 minutes on the bike i did your thing after a leg yeah, workout yeah. um i do that sort of stuff you know i do my training things on the bike at work on the what bike 
Um, and I still get on the bike when I can at home, when I can go out. Um, I mean, my dad's got a Watt bike at home as well. So I get on that and I've got a new app that I can do like Tour de France routes on and all sorts of stuff. I mean, I'm no good at them. <laughs> They're like 25% climbs and for like 25 miles. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. I could do that. And I was like, nah, I got not two miles. And I was like, oh, that's not happening. Um, but no, it was probably a total of like 25 kilo loss, I think. But you can say that you've you've found your niche in losing weight. You found your enjoyment and you've got the bug and that's yep. it. You've just stuck it. Yeah. So it's just going to stay. Well, it's, but the cycling <clears throat> as well for me is also a mindset thing. Okay. As weird as it sounds, it's like, because it's obviously time where I can go and just zone out yep. and just think, ah, how can I better myself? How can I do this? What can I do to physically get more out of this performance? And I think that kind of helps a, way, a lot with the way I think a bit as well now because it just allows me to clear my brain quite a lot. So... It is good it for benefits that. me in many a ways as well as just help like that side of health, but also mentally <clears throat> sort of going at like what can I physically do? Like I would you know, what can I do to physically sprint better for longer? What can I do to climb? What can I do for this? How can I even down to things like just thinking about because obviously I've got a clear mind thinking about pedal strokes and all the other weird things you think yeah, about yeah. when cycling, like how sexy looking lycra, like <laughs> how I can be a better person physically, yeah. like for work and for this and for that like just thinking about everything really so no it's quite good for every sort of reason it is good for mindset exercise is good for mindset isn't it? um they do say you're going to be more productive if you're to or you'll uh you will think of more ideas whether it be about business or fitness or whatever yeah while exercising slash going for a walk just being active as opposed mm. to sat at a desk going come on think 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 yeah absolutely you're gonna your, your neurons yeah. fire so much quicker and like expand your brain you have more access to it when your blood's flowing than it does when you're sat there yeah. so it is good for that <clears throat> yeah well like I said fair play to you for the uh, cycling side of things and also I'm going to hand over to Butson now but you're going to talk about the podcast slash money slash mindset side of things as well yeah no worries um, I can so I can let's get on to it because you have done an amazing job on your weight loss journey but let's get into your work first because yeah. I want to go into that because I think this the amount you changed from me knowing you when I first met you to now yeah, is yeah. you're a different bloke as well, like mindset wise. Yeah. Um, you're currently at Aston Martin, Formula yes, One team, I as am. a mechanic. All right, so he's not just yes. an average mechanic, he is a Formula One mechanic. All right. Only just. And it's still not sunk in yet. No? No, no, not yet. But even still, you made it. And yeah. You're a top G for that. Um, recently, <clears throat> yeah. you, uh, you, you were fired, weren't you? Pretty much. Well, essentially, it was essentially, a, yeah. I was sort of forced out of the door. Yeah. I mean, as it goes, I quit, but yeah. I was forced out of a position that I was in. That's so. it. And that's a pretty terrible position to be put in. Yeah, pretty much, especially in the circumstances it was. Yeah. Exactly. It was absolutely <laughs> load of rubbish, and we won't yeah. get into that. But you were knocked down pretty oh, hard. Massively, yeah. But for the. F- I'm, gonna, I'm sorry, I'm going deep. You were knocked down pretty hard. Yeah. But you'd also been working on your mindset for what, last. Two years, before yes. year since yeah. well, since a year after you, COVID, so it was kind of since knowing you really because you were because we were pushing of, on, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> choice. You're, like, you're <laughs> gonna do yeah. this, and you've been working on it and working on it, and we could see you getting better and better over time. And I don't think it if I think it you'd have been a lot worse off with your original mindset in that situation, 100%. Uh, you, you know, being forced out the door. Yeah, but the way you handled it this time was amazing because look at you now. You are on oh, Formula yeah, One now, exactly. and you've literally leapfrogged. You've used it just like we've done in our success stories. Ray Dalio, Matt Fraser, um, Bill Gates, they all have a really down point yeah, in yeah. their lives, and they come bound up and accelerate from it because yep. you've learned from the situation. You know what to do in the future, mm-hmm. and you kept a cool head, and, and just you knew you knew what your ambitions and your goals were, so you just stuck to them. 
yeah. and logging out, you're absolutely smashing it. Well, the other thing is I sort of, it sounds really snobby, but I sort of knew from the point of what was being said, it sort of hit me quite hard because I was like, I actually like know I can do the job, but I didn't feel like I could do the job at the same time from how I was being treated. It was like, oh, I can't do this. Or it was like, you know, the way it was, I was like, can I actually do this? I was that point in my mind where I was like, am I actually doing this? Questioning right? yourself. Like, yeah, 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 can yeah. I do this? And I was like, well, everything I've done in the past, everyone said like, I'm mega. So I was like, I'll just take that advice and leave this one. And again, it was like, again, within the first, what, two weeks of going out the door, I had had like four or five interviews at different places. I had like Mega. Jaguar Formula E wanted me. I had like interviews at Haas. I had like all these people wanted me. And within three weeks of leaving, I was back in work again, like full time, everything else, and still on the same pay, doing a good job. Wasn't where I wanted to be, but it was keeping me on track of doing things and in a good environment. And you know, I went and did like the Nurburgring 24 with that time off again, yeah. and all this sort of stuff that. I saw it was a big down and don't get me wrong it wasn't easy it impacted me massively but I look at the ups and what I gained from it and I'm kind of grateful that it actually happened and I'm in a lot better in a I'm in a lot I don't, I'm going to butcher in a lot, in a lot better <laughs> position in a lot better of, uh, yeah, of a place than so I was there you absolutely nailed it there it, at the time it's devastating and it, yeah. you're heartbroken I remember I got sacked from, and I actually got sacked because I made a big mistake this years and years ago and I remember driving home crying because I thought, oh, my life's over. Yeah. You know? And now looking back on me, actually, it was the best thing that's ever happened. Because yeah. then I'd, I'd changed who I was. I'd changed my trajectory. And it was just, it's the best thing that ever happens. And you just said that. And looking back now, in hindsight, sometimes they are the best things that ever happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you still kept cool, calm, and click because you went to do all these experiences. Yeah. And <laughs> you questioned yourself while you were at the place before you just said you said uh, you, other people were saying you were great but here you, you said they weren't that affects a man quite a lot well, it was, but even in that sense it was still people in, within the same environment this was the bit that got me people within the same environment that were telling me that I couldn't do the job and hadn't done the job right were telling me a week prior that I could do the job really well and that was like really good and it was that, that sort <laughs> of thing like well who do I actually believe like what do I believe here is it can I do it or are they just blow smoke up my ass if that makes sense? So self doubt good. Yeah. Self doubt was setting in and that's dangerous. Like you could you can so dangerous. you can wind yourself up like man, I've done it before myself. When you'd start down yourself like, actually can I is this am I supposed to be doing this? Am I in the right place? Self doubt is is toxic. Because yeah. again, it's only in your head and you can like I'm sure we've all done listeners have done it. You just wind yourself up, wind yourself up and get yourself in a really dangerous position. Yeah. And it's so tough to get out of. You need something like yeah, getting the dream job, getting the goal mm -hmm. to sort of go, hang on, nah, stop being. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it can be tough, but you've managed to you smash out of the park. You've done it. Yeah, because you're the strongest like mindset I've ever seen you, and the happiest I've ever seen you, and leanest yeah. I've ever seen you. You're looking <laughs> incredible. Thank you. So it's all going really well for you. Yeah. Yeah. And you have had your dark times. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like you have to have the dark times to get to the good times, and without that, it forms you as a person as well. Spot. I feel like, you know you learn from the bad times and you're like, well, okay, I won't necessarily do that again. But also I know what was said. Um, I now know reasons behind what was said of why things happened, but it's also given me time now to reflect and go, okay, well, I can now fully change that, which, I mean, I never thought it was, but I mean, you never really notice it from your own point of view because you think it might, you might be all right. You need someone yeah. else to sort of tell you something to go, oh, okay, maybe I should look into it. Um, but I mean that. I mean, I say from that, I've sort of gone. Okay, well, I just have to push basically as hard as I physically can and get what I want, and that's it, really. It's quite funny in uh, in that respect. Like you said, 
the <clears throat> I I can't I could look at myself and I can say yeah I've done this wrong I've done that wrong I've done that right I've done this right but as we said about hate comments you sometimes hate comments hurt because they're true yeah and they sometimes they don't because they're just absolutely complete rubbish but at the same time when you have a hate comment and you go right let me just revalidate that let me go and ask someone that I actually truly know and truly trust and they're gonna tell me straight yeah am I fat Yes. Okay. Then fine. No, I'm not, I know I have a problem. I need to fix it. Yeah. So like you said, it's just trying to figure out, okay, yes, that's a true statement. No, that's absolute rubbish. Yeah. And yes, I need to work back at this. And no, I don't. That's I'm fine on what I'm doing. So like I said, the two conflicts of interest that you've got going on, you just have to pick the right one and then go with that. And obviously that's what you did because you believed in yourself well, you just, and now you quit your dream job. You also have to go with the majority of people. Yeah. If you've got a small minority going this and you've got a bigger minority saying, actually, you're not, then it's like you sort of go with the bigger minority of going, maybe you should listen to them in a way and not, I know, sort of not really working on it, but go off the bigger minority than the smaller minority, which is sort of what also helped me in a way of just going off the bigger minority that actually knew me than the smaller minority that didn't actually know me at all. Yeah, in that situation, yeah, when the people that know you the majority of people that know you are on your side, then yes, definitely. But when it comes to world events or just general life, sometimes the majority isn't the ones to go with, personally. And this is nothing to do with this. No, 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 yeah, yeah. About like yeah, yeah. Money and you know, yeah. power and how, how to go about life. Um, <clears throat> if you follow the, the majority, you're just going to be where the majority are. It's just that, that rat race. We're all in the rat race at the minute. If we just follow everyone else blindly, like, we always, like we're taught to do mm -hmm. from kids, yep. you're just going to be a standard everyday joke. You leave the minority, go to the minority. You leave the majority, go to the minority. Yeah. Be your own person, walk your own path. That's where you start. You can excel. Yeah. And I think, yeah, you, it, it, your situation, definitely the majority was the right there. But I think sometimes yeah, yeah. you do just question everything, basically. Even people's hates comments, question them. People's, right, who are these people making these comments? Yeah. Why are they, why are they yeah. making these comments? You just got to question everything like that. And, and then I think you start to see something clear. It's like, oh, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm fussing over nothing. You know? Yeah. Hundred percent. Where did you? Uh, no, not being in the podcast, I bear it all. Where did you learn your mindset <laughs> and uh, sort of money skills from? Finding success. <laughs> <laughs> because obviously, you know, as as we said, we we're in as 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 a trio here. We we're in quite a toxic environment, and when I think me and you started the journey, we uh, let's not say took it upon ourselves to share the love, but we did. Yeah, we we were like right. Actually, we can see grass is greener over there. We know that there's better stuff out there. We can sort of improve our lives and at the same time help our peers. And uh, how did it come about? Can you remember? As in, like, how did we start spreading it? Was it was it the podcast or was it just we started it individually first? Didn't I we, th I think? Yeah, yeah. We were both yeah. working on ourselves for a long time. And then we're like, hang on, this is yeah. What we're doing is is massive. It's actually changing our lives. Like day to day, we can see a difference. Yeah. So we just start talking about it to people we trusted and like, look, just let's go into this. Let's try this. Oh, Mindset so think, is key. Yeah, because I was working with you at the point and it was like when the podcast was first starting and it was like, you were just like, oh, just try doing this, try doing that. And it was like, I was like, oh yeah, oh, yeah we, it works. We, it does go it's, it, it's like, yeah. We worked on ourselves and we planted a few seeds in other people yeah. and we're like, do you know what, actually this is killer. <clears throat> it's working with not just ourselves, other people that are interested. Let's do the podcast. And that's how the podcast started, wasn't it? And yeah, it was just it was just by planting. It's you got to have the right. You got to be willing to do it. You were a very yeah. willing, like learner. You were soaking up like a sponge. 
Same as a couple of other people. They're all like keen on it, but it's, it's those toxic ones that weren't. Yeah. But we knew that and we just wouldn't have anything to do with them. And yeah, just like exactly. we know the toxic people aren't listening. Yeah. They're not here. That's why it's such like a um, sound space. All the listeners here are about growing and getting better, whether it's mindset, finances, finances or growing a business. It's, they're all here to get better. And that's what we're here doing. And we're mm-hmm. still doing it until the day we die. That's yeah, right. Pretty much. That's all I had to say. That was the end of that. No, that was I, thought, I didn't know if you thought I was building up to more, but that was no, no, I thought that was, that was quite impactful to what? the day we die. That was... No, is yeah, that not big right. enough full stop? I wanted to leave that fester for a bit. Yeah, um, that's... That is fester. Um, so, pester. to current day, as you just said, you know, yes, you've had your flaws over the years. Yep. We all, we've all had our flaws over the years. We've had tough times. We've had the dark days. We've had the friends and you say, get up off that horse and let's just go. And yep. you've done that. You know, you've come from where you were, you know, you're 104 kilos over, you're now 70 something, 80 something, you know, you're, you're comfortable, you're free, you're happy, you're healthy, uh, you love in life, you enjoy what you do every single day. What is the big question here? The final goal for what here? Do we have a final goal? Say in five years time, what we're going to go for? I like, I like this. I, I like the question. You don't have to share it if you don't want to. You can just maybe give a snippet of maybe like a year goal or something because we don't might want to keep the five year goal quiet. You know what I'm saying? What the f- Maybe, I mean, maybe go a year, go a year, go a year. Well, for my yearly goal, I mean, it's more personal areas. So okay. like cycling goals, nice. of distances to achieve. So, I mean, last year I got close to the 50 mile mark. For a ride out? Yeah, just like a one loop ride. I think I got up to 48 miles. So I was two miles short. I still want to see that 50 mile. Okay, nice. But this year I'm going, hopefully for the 75. Good. Preferably the hundred if I can make it, but I'm—I mean that's why I'm still starting now and going because I want to keep my body going because I reckon over the summer I can achieve that if I just push and go yeah. for it. You know, I've looked at a few of the cancer research races for like London to Brighton, hundred miles and stuff like that. Nice. Um, again, I sort of—I don't know whether I'd achieve that this year because I'd kind of maybe do that in a year's time. Okay. Um, just to actually be able to do a hundred miles for a start because I'm gonna start to hundred miles and only do fifty because that's a bit weak. Um. I'd like to be able to finish the challenge. Um, and again, it's just more having been in a more positive, I suppose, financial place. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm in a bad place. So I mean, you guys kind of know I'm quite good with saving, but I'd like to be even better, um, if that makes sense. Have you got your cash buffer? Done. Cushion? Yeah. Cushion, sorry. Yeah? Of course I have. Okay, well, but, uh, we started, we suddenly one. start passive investing then, or we start passive yeah, investing? No, I've not started doing any of that yet. So that's that, scares me, that scares me, so I'm, I don't really know what I'm doing there, so I just... There we so go. That's why that's you need to do the... the need to listen to the episode. I do listen to the episode every single Come one. On. Well, there we go, every then. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll... Maybe we'll... be our f- second little ding bus, and we'll uh, we'll start the passive investment. Yeah, okay. and we'll see what we can go from that, because now is the time. Now is the time. We do not want to miss this opportunity, because you're at the low, and... There's no, obviously, you know, it's time in the market, not time in the market, mm. but uh, now is the perfect time to get involved in passive investing, yep. especially for yourself if you've got the cash buffer going, if you're ready to go, then cash cushion. cushion, sorry. <laughs> then uh, let's get ready to go, we'll do it. Yeah. Um, anything else to add? No, no. Um, anything else? No. You want to talk about social media or anything, or are you happy as you are? No, because I... Roger that. I'm All right. Not only people stalking me. <laughs> Whoa, there is such a following with a lot of people talking. Um, thanks everyone for listening, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks to our guest, Jack. Really it appreciate it, mate. Yeah. Been an absolute mega. And, you know, I really appreciate you sharing your journey. And uh, keep pushing on, mate. Doing well. Man. 
Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, links will be down below. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share the episode. Uh, help get this podcast out so we can have a well. Take care, guys. Have a good week, and I will see you next time. Okay. Success is available for everyone, so why should you sell for less? 